So that I was like, white people need to see these to realize that we not making this shit up. Right. So that happened. So I posted that somebody bless her heart. Some Karen floated into my feed and said, aren't you being racist against us? Weren't you married to a wonderful white woman? Why basically would you post this? What? Right. So what does so that have to do with anything? When she posted it, like right away, I got upset. So I have a headache. I love <laughs> exactly. I love how you said we I made this post and Karen floated into my <laughs> comments. I mean, I, that mean was <laughs> I wasn't aiming at nobody in particular. Welcome to episode 195 of Pup Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a crafty pint of fine wine or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Brian Burkoff, Shannon Weston, and Ogan Holder address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And that good brew might be in one of these Pub Theology-like pint glasses. And if you would like one of these absolutely free, just donate $25 or more to nokidhungry.org. Help feed struggling families around the country. Give us proof of your donation and your address, and we will ship you one of these beautiful pint tumblers. If you're on Facebook, you can see it uh, free of charge. So that's nokidhungry.org, $25 or more. Thank you. This week, we'll be talking about fire, the verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial, and mistakes, growth, and Ramadan. So, what are we drinking today? Ogan, what are you drinking today? Um, oh, I got blurry. You did I get blurry. Get, I did get blurry. Oh. I got a black is beautiful. Where from? Which one? In Which honor company? of, in honor of, um, I don't know, where is this from? San Antonio, Texas? Nice. Yeah, a bunch of breweries like did, yeah. did the Black is Beautiful series. So Brewed to support justice and equality for people of color after, yep. the, after this weekend we've had. And since it's the first time in a long time, I don't have anything after this episode. Wow. It's going to be a two-air show, people. Hey, it looks like things are already hazy. I was going to say, we're already what, getting what a is, little... What is happening? I'm working <laughs> through... I'm still working through the remnants of my uh, dogfish head Midas touch, so... Mm, gotcha. Um, I'll be doing that afterwards. There you go. Brian, what are you drinking? Well, I have got uh, Norm's Raggedy Ass IPA. <laughs> what a name. But It's got like a horse with a cigar in his mouth. That's uh, a great by- name. By Griffin Claw Brewing uh, in Birmingham, Michigan. It was uh, the it got the gold award at the World Beer Cup in 2010 for best IPA. Nice. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I have a meeting directly after this, so I am drinking um, a very sad, decaffeinated, unsweetened Louisiana Oof. iced tea. So that I brew myself. It's not even out of a great little bottle or anything. So. Well, extra points for brewing it yourself. Why unsweet? You're not a sweet tea? Well, so here's the thing. Like, I, of course, I love sweet tea. I grew up in the South. But like, 
I several years ago was trying to cut back on sugar and extra calories. And so I taught myself to like unsweet tea. So um, same thing with like, I don't drink Coke anymore either, which I, so occasionally I'll let myself have it kind of thing, but it's just a couple of like, cause I drink tea all day in the summer, like all day long. That's why I have to have decaf as well, because I like because I'm yeah. old now and I can't do You're that old anymore. Now. You're not old. <laughs> you and me both. I am. I am. Uh, let's see. I am five days away from being 41. So you know, I oh, can... cry me, cry me a river. I'll be 46 in June. Cry me a river. <laughs> Nobody's crying, but um, just stating because well. you know, Derek's Derek's three and a half months older than I am, and it drives him crazy that I say that because I wouldn't say it if it didn't drive him crazy, obviously. Obviously. Um, like, so I, he keeps calling me 41 and I am like, I am not 41. I have <laughs> five more days. There you Listen, go. This is best decade of my life so far. Yeah. I I'm well, mine's been pretty shitty because I turned 40 like <laughs> in April of 2020. <laughs> you got, you got nine years to turn it around. You're good. Exactly. So it's only up from here. Right? Only up from here. Exactly. It's a good decade. Yeah. Well, uh, cheers to still being 40. To cheers. still being 40. Which tune in next week, Derek's going to fill in for me so I can have a birthday week off. So yeah. oh, nice. Yeah. Great. Um, would you rather burn your hand on a hot stove or get stung by a bee? Burn my hand any day, all day. Oh. Yeah, that's the opposite of what I would say. Because scar, story, right? You oh. get the scar. And you can make up any story you want. If I had a story for every time I burnt my hand on the stove, like the same. That's a lot of boring stories. Well, you make actually. Them... I do have one. What, like I have one from Peach Cobbler up here, and like I have one. Like I have them all over. There's the a whole recipe if you. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole meal in here somewhere. <laughs> you know? I didn't say, and I didn't say the stories had to be what actually happened. <laughs> so I have a story that prompted this question. Was doing oh. some yard work and was gonna pull some of those like really sharp weeds, like ground weeds that have all the prickers, and you know when the kids are barefoot in the yard, they hate those prickly weeds. And I had seen a few, so I was gonna pull them out. Uh, saw a work glove in the garage, stuck my hand in there. Ooh. And the sharpest pain, and I'm like, what? And I yanked that glove off. I thought there must be a pricker in there, and a bee fell out. I got stung right in the soft part of the hand, by the thumb mm. and the finger, and it hurt so bad. I had not been stung in years, and yeah. I forgot that that doesn't feel nice. Also, really... also, uh, who uses the word pricker? Is that? Just I know. A... I was saying that too. I was like, like <laughs> what do you call it? Thistles. Thorns. Thorns, thistles. Yeah, those too. <laughs> I'm like, are you talking about a plant or a person? Like, I don't understand yeah. what's happening right now. Those damn prickers. <laughs> Pricker. Now Brian's really old. <laughs> Prickly weed. I don't know. <sighs> um, yes, there there were thorns, thistles, all the sharp things, but it turns out before I could get to the sharp things, a bee had a thing to say to me. So I mean, I haven't been stung by a bee in a really long time. Um, I burn my, like, not badly, but I burn myself on our stove. Not regularly. Like, I'm not, you know, whatever. But, like. But it happens. A lot more than I come across a bee. Yes. So, you Same. know. 
Um, I don't know. My burns aren't that bad, I guess. So Ogan's right. Like, I guess I'd rather be. All right. I guess I'd rather hit myself on a hot stove. Five Again, minutes, just, five just, minutes in, she said I was right. Cheers. Well, I'm out. You know what? But Worth you know what I imagined when, you, when I when I first read this question, I imagined this like torturous turn the heat on and like somebody smashed my hand on it. Like that's where I was in my head. Yeah. I was like, well, no, I don't want that to happen. Right. But like just my regular cooking burned myself on a stove. Like, you envisioned right? oven at 425 and your hand just like holds something like, for a while. I envisioned this like torturous, you know. That raises more questions about you than anything I, you've ever said on the show. It, it is all about the TV I watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, and how when there's a fight in the kitchen, somebody inevitably turns on the stove and tries wow. to get we some part of somebody's body on the element. So, wow. Yeah. We yes. might need to get you some new TV shows. <laughs> you know, I, we restarted watching The Handmaid's Tale because, um, you know, the new one comes out next week. And like, oh, my God, I forgot how freaking like Dark. I knew it was intense. I forgot how intense yeah. like you just forget. But also like the first episode of the second season, they're like storming the Capitol and blah, blah. And I'm like, <sighs> like I'm like having like flashbacks. A little too close to home. I yeah. never made it to the second season. So I watched the first season and then then I was told, like, you know, that's that's the book, right? Anything after that is yeah, it's new. Know. Right. And I believe it was shortly right when the either when the second season started or right before that uh that Jennifer died. Oh really? I was like, I yeah. can't handle no, I can't no, handle no, no, no. stuff like that. I that's when no. I stopped watching yeah, um, yeah. Um, Walking Dead. Oh yeah, anything yeah. Oh, that absolutely. gotta get away from that. <laughs> no, and okay. actually, like speaking of question, part of the reason why I bring it up, number like so, question number two is what is your reaction to the verdict of the Derek Chavanon trial? And like I bring it up because we decided to start rewatching yesterday, and I was like, what are we thinking? Seriously, like this is the dumbest thing ever. Why are we watching this? But. We skipped we skipped rewatching the first season because it's the book and I know it very well. You know, I know the story very well versus the second and third season are new and I've only binged them. But anyway, so what is our verdict? What is our reaction to yesterday? Yeah. How are you guys doing? Oh, oh, uh, you know, so <laughs> you guys, there's two guys. I know. <laughs> I know. We're always I'm, I'm deferring person. to Ogan. There's the asker, and then there's two people. And there's the askies. <laughs> um, I I had this experience where we all familiar with holding stress and anxiety in our bodies. Yeah. And the moment the jury went into uh, deliberation, yeah. yeah, that tension manifested in a painful knot in my jaw on the side mm -hmm. of my face. I couldn't even like open my mouth wide. And, you know, uh, I, I took it to mean it's probably good. I don't say stuff right now, but it was throbbing. It was hurting. And it continued that way until about 30 seconds after the verdict was announced. Like they announced him guilty on all three charges. And I shit you not, the pain Just went stopped. away. Right. So there was that piece of me that when they were in deliberation was, I think, struggling to not hope struggling yeah to yep. not expect what we wanted 
um, sitting in fear and anxiety of what it what it would mean if he was given not guilty the the fires that would be set that night the more like everything so I was in that place of struggling against sitting in that place and I think my internal struggle manifested that way yeah um so and um, and let's be really honest about why so many fires would have been set which is like if this doesn't come back guilty what nothing's ever gonna come back you know like we are so now not again I'm one of these like this doesn't amend for everything this isn't oh, lord no you know, none i don't think any three of us are but like there was this element of this of like if he's not found guilty there is not a jury in america that will ever hold police accountable that's right for right anything. right and the fact yeah. and and the fact that we were all so anxious was again because of how many times people weren't found guilty how many times yeah. people weren't even arrested uh cops arrested killing people how many weren't held accountable right and 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 we you know the the verdict comes comes out we're all in that place of like just (sighs) relief release and and like in the midst of that we get reports of another shooting another murder of a 16 year old what is what (laughs) like i just couldn't and i tend to agree somebody said on it was on twitter so like take this for what you will but they were like you know the last couple of days all the shootings that have happened a shooting happened then like police are flexing and i'm mm. like i i, I want yeah, to disagree i don't i don't want to go there I no but no. but i one in so according to the new york times this morning one in two thousand cases um one in every 2000 cases, a police officer gets found guilty to one Jesus. of these. One in 2000 cases. One in 2000. I thought you said 200. No, 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 2000. That's, that's why That's why we're all sitting there preparing ourselves for a not guilty verdict. Yeah, because it seems like, you know, when, you know, the defense is trying to bring in what they call reasonable doubt. And in the case of police, it just seems that they always manage to create this sort of, well, they're doing a very difficult job. They're prepared for the worst and whatever whatever arose in their mind about the dangers, whether that was real or not, justifies whatever outcome happened, yeah. whatever behavior happened. And it's time to be done with that. Right. It, and it, now it there's, you know, there's this Floyd bill in going through Congress that, mm-hmm. you know, applies this idea of a a federal reform, right? And a federal accountability, basically a federal ethics committee. Um, And I keep looking at that and I keep thinking, you know, we're all part of a system where there's an ethics committee over us. You know, we're we're accountable in an ethical way to somebody. And and if that, I wouldn't have any problem, zero problem, be, that being nationalized in terms of there being one criteria for all of us all over the nation, you know, and and you're only, like, I just keep thinking, like, I'm only afraid of that if the system benefits me when I do something wrong. Like, you know, I, I keep, I was in the car today a little bit and I was listening to NPR and they kept having all these people on and people kept saying like, you know, we just want 
obviously this is the slogan, but like, we just want black lives to matter. And we specifically want them to matter to the police. And we do not feel that they matter to the police. And I just kept sitting there thinking like, why aren't they, why aren't they jumping on this bandwagon? If you really aren't doing anything wrong or so you say, or so you think, then why aren't you the biggest flyers of this banner? You know, right. um, and it's because you can't. But anyway, that's a whole nother discussion. And part of it is the uh, the idea of loyalty, right? You have to, there's this narrative that you have to support and defend your brothers and sisters in arms when you're I, in law enforcement. I saw a post today that, that really, uh, you know, Trevor Noah talked about this with the good apples and the bad apples. But then there was also a post I saw today that basically said, if you've got 12 bad cops and 1300 good cops who don't hold the 12 cops accountable you got 1312 bad cops yeah and and yesterday i i retweeted uh the original the original police report mm -hmm. from george floyd mm. and it was a post about um the young woman who video recorded it and how if it wouldn't have been for her you know that kind of thing yeah. and and That's it was true. the original police report and it was like if we hadn't heard from her. This is what we would have believed. Like, this is all we would have known, you know, in terms of like their story. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that would have looked very different. There. Oh my gosh. It would have it been, it like, would have been resisting arrest, blah, blah, blah. It was, yeah. It was like, there was a slight altercation. He died um, at the hospital, you know, like. Well, and, and he was that's, put in an ambulance. And that was the defense's whole case, right? All the Is defense it, talked about right. was why why this death was ultimately George Floyd's fault, you know. And um, and I think that was one of the things that incensed me about the trial. We got to hear so much about George Floyd's quote unquote inappropriate past and behavior. We didn't get to hear about <laughs> Chauvin's because because this ain't the first time. That he's done some shady stuff, mm -mm. but we didn't we didn't get to hear about that in in the trial. So I mean, again, uh, I'm I'm no lawyer. I don't know what's what gets to be presented or not. But again, that's here we are in a in a in a in a justice system that really isn't equal justice. And my and my my other favorite thing I saw posted was like, you know, we can we can celebrate this verdict and realize this is just accountability yeah justice is this not having to happen in the first place right and we still got a ways and ways to go now as much as i am relieved and real uh, about the whole verdict now it comes down to what's the sentencing gonna be yes and he, I know. you know if you if he gets a like a light sentence we're yeah. right back where we started yep. the guilty the guilty verdict is just symbolic and why does it take eight weeks yeah that's what i At thought like in jail often the weeks. sentencing isn't yeah. sentencing often like the next day or two days later no like, it's actually not yeah. it is, is it not? Later. It, like, it this usually, is very typical yeah it yeah. usually takes a little while and part of it is i think there's still a, another civil case going on one and and um i read that now in terms of sentencing now they're going to actually look back at his past and his past records right to see if there is a pattern of behavior and because there isn't an official real pattern of his inappropriate behavior because apparently a lot of the shady stuff he did is anecdotal not on a record then people are already beginning to be in that space of 
he may not be getting these maximum years that, that the charges allow. <clears throat> so now that's another concern. If his sentencing is just like four or five years, then then we're kind of right back where we started. I, I'm just thinking of movies where it's like the, the decree comes out and then it's like, okay, off to the gallows or you yeah, know, no, life no, no, in prison. No, no. <laughs> But that's I did. Not, I did not, hear. This is the American legal justice system. It takes months. <laughs> this is not law and order. Anything. This is not Game of Thrones. No, uh, Game of not Thrones is not law and order. No, this is. No, this, no, but no, I, no. I, I did hear that because of that nine-year-old child and committing a crime like this in front of a minor, that that can add weight to to the sentencing. And I will say the only, again, like I cautiously optimistic hope, you know, kind of thing. But the only thing that gave me hope was like he you know, the prosecutor was like, we asked that bail be revoked and he be remanded to custody. And the, like the judge didn't even think twice, like, yes, yeah, done. Yeah, right. You know, seeing him taken out in handcuffs was like, mm. well, and that actually, from my understanding, like that's very routine, oh, yeah. but we haven't seen that a lot in these cases. Oh no, right? we haven't. That's no. right. We haven't seen, we've seen like, well, he's a police officer. He's not a flight. He'll you know, just be on leave without pay on. and he'll, you know. Yeah. And, and this judge was like, mm -mm, nope. And, and actually that made me, I, I, for some reason, I thought another judge sentenced, maybe it's different by state or whatever that like, so there's some kind of, I could be completely wrong. But there's some kind of like somebody else looks at it, you know, and like makes a decision kind of thing. But, um, you know, whatever. Anyway, I'm glad this judge, I feel like this judge had a grip on, I think he did his job well, yeah, you know. Right. That's right. Um, anyway, that's, I didn't watch much of the trial, quite honestly, just self-care and, you know, all of that. And I, I listened to snippets of how it was going. Um, and I, I get this, you know, email We've talked about this before. Like we each get our news snippets, you know, kind of every day. That, so we're not going around. But actually, I spent more time on Twitter yesterday than I had in the last. I know year. you were you were firing them off, man. <laughs> well, Derek was in a meeting during this, mm -hmm. and so I was watching by myself. Oh man! And of course, yeah. it took longer. And like I again, like you, Ogan, I didn't realize how anxious I was until it was time, Yeah, you know, yeah. like, and for me, like I knew Monday they went into deliberations and I was still just kind of like, la, 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 you know, I was still just kind of shut down from it. Um, but then when it was time, like the moment they said it's coming out in an hour, I mean, my anxiety shot up and it stayed there. And so when they came back and they read the verdict, I was texting him, um, and I just kind of let it go. And I just, you know, I was outside by myself. And I have kinda... my, my, my Twitter is set to give me alerts when certain people tweet and I have <laughs> alerts for both y'all. And, and I was like, why is my phone blowing up? Shannon's Shannon street, man. Shannon's, yeah. Oh, by the way. So by the way, um, when they announced like the verdicts in and you'll hear about it at four 30, yeah. right. So it was like an hour, hour and a half or something. And I was like, that's when I got the most anxious. Yes, I'm absolutely. Like, Holy crap. Why are they waiting so long? Is this to give everybody a heads up to prepare? Yeah. <laughs> well, I worst, think it was 100% right? news outlet kind of thing. Well, and they have to get the attorneys back and they have to no, get... No, I understand. I understand yeah. that. It's just be given the anxiety that I was feeling around this. 
Yeah. That's the first place I went. Hour and a half to get the troops in place because this yep. is not right. going to end well. Yep. And shit's going to burn. You know, that's yeah. that's where it went. I it, like it took me a while to go. Oh, yeah, that's right. We got to get everybody back in. They're probably right. up to lunch. <laughs> right. It's going to take a while. They haven't been in the courtroom since Monday. I know. Like, they haven't even been there. <laughs> I'm just, that's the frame of mind I was in. Well, yeah. No, you're thinking they're all just sitting around, you know, like waiting, you know. I know. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Speaking of burn, it, that might be our segue. Yeah. So, <laughs> so speaking of things burning, subtle. Um, so, so subtle. Fire, Fire represents many things to many people and cultures. It's recognized as a purifier, a destroyer, and as the generative power of life, energy, and change. It represents illumination and enlightenment, destruction and renewal, spirituality and damnation. In the Hebrew Bible, Moses initially meets God, Yahweh, in a burning bush. How does fire fit into your own spiritual journey, if at all, and discuss the power of a good conversation around a fire? I'm not sure that's the same thing as the let it burn the way we were talking about. <laughs> so we, we, um, we have a fireplace that we spend just about every night in the winter around, and we have a fire pit in the backyard, which we spend almost every night in the spring and the fall around. Nice. So... We have a lot of fire in our house. Love it. <laughs> when I was when I was a young teenager, I lit a lot of fires. I'm sure it made my parents very worried. But but I I I, I, I had a I had a I went through a little pyromaniac phase. The the oh. the one that infuriated my father the worst was that I discovered that you know different liquors will burn different colors. So I used to <laughs> I used to literally just burn up all his all his fine drinks that would make see. me angry too okay yeah he's like where's the tequila hey i'm angry thinking about it i'm like <laughs> i wasted some good alcohol back in the day right <laughs> but but i went i went through that fire phase right now i think um um i love a good burning bowl ceremony you know at the end yes. of the year a lot of traditions have that you know you write write what you want to release and and burn it up but uh but fun fun story one of the one of the most fascinating quote unquote arguments Jennifer and I got into one time um and it also made me clear that I probably needed to go find my own church to be a minister at uh was one year uh we we're at unity of Gaithersburg and you know she's she's the senior minister I'm the associate um, and she said one year, uh, you know, why don't you do the burning bowl service? So it's like, awesome. You know, so we're going to set it up the same way. But I had this idea of like, when you are in that meditative contemplative space of really getting clear about what you're going to release and you write it on the piece of paper or the flash paper, or whatever, you know, we have some like, like subtle, you know, contemplative music, but then when you're going to actually come up and throw it in the fire, I said to the band, let's Did you play. play no, no. <laughs> Ohio players, the Ohio players, that funk sound fire. Right. Are y'all y'all aware of that sound? Or you got to look it up. Ohio players, man. It is it is like some some like sweet 70s funk. And, you know, he's like dancing, going up because because we're 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 releasing. Right. So let's right, let's sure. let's have a dance show. So, you know, I'm all excited. I tell this to Jennifer. She's like, uh, not at my church. You're not. Nope. I was like, what are you talking about? I was uh, like, this is going to be fun. She's like, this is not supposed to be a fun experience. I said, it can be. We're letting go of stuff. It's released. It's released. We should be celebrating. This doesn't need to be a funeral dirge the whole time. So we had a good back and forth about it. But, um, but yeah. What? 
but you lost out on what happened. Of course. Yeah, of yeah. Course. yeah. Right. Smart man. Of course, of course they lost out. She was like, all right, never mind. I'm doing the service. <laughs> she, like, she like took it right back. I was like, like nope, that is not happening with me. It might, it might be time for me to go find my own space. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. But it's true. Like, I mean, that is interesting that you bring up the, you know, the burning bowl ceremony. And we've done that a few times around, you know, year end, year start at our church. But in general, you know, like, we don't make use of fire in the church very much in my experience, you know, we'll light candles uh, at certain points. And I think that's a moment, but I feel like that it's sort of like this very, you know, nice contained cute candle. We don't do like, I don't know, we don't have like, here's a big fire and we're going to, you know, cause even the burning bowl is a little bit, you know, it's, it's contained, careful and contained and as it should be, but there is something powerful about a big fire, but I don't know how you bring that into a worship setting. Cause we've got buildings that we don't want to burn down. As I say, um, you have to go out to a worship setting for that. But when in seminary, <laughs> we did something similar to what you're talking about. And my friend, had the great idea of putting candles into the bowl. But what happened is, is that the candles then melted. Yep. And as people put their paper in, the paper then just became more wick. Yep. Wax. Got super hot. And we almost Big burned fire. down the chapel. Like, there was legit like the, the, the whatever fire thing, fire extinguisher Thanks got brought so. out and everything like, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that happen a few, reason a few times. We need to be careful. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Uh, a nice big bonfire would would be would be would be fun um, to do something like that with. Um, I don't. I don't. You know, to why why we don't use fire more. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think. I think because this idea of fire as we so fire. I think we usually associate, especially if it's outdoor warmth or destruction right right those are those are first two connotations you talk I, about I good com good conversation around the fire we're around the fire to keep us warm yeah. right but then we also think of a lot of times fire it's like you know we have that narrative of it's something to be avoided so we don't burn the place down yeah and also is there the like the the hell imagery like fire we don't associate fire with heaven we associate fire with hell yeah, I was thinking more of like pagan in a, like in the in the United States. Like if we associate, you know, because I I kind of have this image of a big bonfire and little like tiki torch fire things everywhere, and you know, it's there's yeah. almost this like cult like yeah yeah like like the like the dancing around the fire in Outlander. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's like this it's like this Wiccan or or pagan. Yeah. Celtic practice, yeah, which is isn't those were actually brought in, you know, in Ireland and you know Scotland and all. There, those practices were brought into Christianity when they were converted. But what but, what religion isn't a cult, right? I mean, come on. Well, and the other side of that is, at one point, we all had fires lit in our churches, and you know, years ago, because that's the way you yeah. heated them, you know, and those kind exactly. of exactly. And I just I we do miss some of the symbolism now, but it's. I, I don't know how you would quite do it. But well, I think again, it's it's we because we connect fire with destruction. I mean, even even yeah. the very I mean, the fuel 
that you use coal or wood gets destroyed in the process of a fire. And, and I don't, so like, here's, here's where I love where like, you know, um, like Hindu mythology really, really supports that Shiva is the destroyer, but it's a, it's a deity that is revered because destruction is part of the process of creation, which I think this is where, you know, uh, Brian might be going with this, but we don't, we don't make that connection um, as, as well. We want to separate destruction from creation, but they're all right. part of the same. Well, and cycle. I, I agree. And we have a couple of Facebook comments we want to bring in, but I also will say this is that, that understanding is also the reason why we don't understand when there's wildfires, why they say, no, it's good to let them burn. We right. don't, we don't understand that because we only see the destructive part right we don't see the renewal part you know right so brian you want to bring in a couple of facebook comments yeah uh so uh, tim is bringing in hellfire which we've talked about and maybe you know that connotation negative connotation prevents us from making use of fire imagery in a more positive sense in many uh faith communities and then marge interestingly brings up the concept of refiner's fire and i remember in my you know, college days in the evangelical setting, we would sing a song entitled Refiner's Fire. Maybe you guys remember this one. I, I and sort of this one. idea that that God uses, or we, we go through a, a purification fire. And I'm not sure theologically, does that happen like on my in heaven or in purgatory? Or, or how does that happen again? Um, I'm not sure theologically how that works, but the idea that fire can purify. So that's a positive uh, aspect of fire. See, back to burning your hand on the stove. <laughs> Just bring it, bring it full. By the way, there's a there's a reality show on Netflix around uh, um, uh, glass blowing. You said yes. this. <laughs> you brought this up. I almost I suggested it the other day because we're out of British baking shows, and Derek was like, "Yeah, I don't think I can do this." <laughs> and and I just and I just love that you know they all got their individual fire pits which they call glory holes and they are just like they're all talking about it with like absolute straight face. We got to get the got to get the glass in the glory hole. I'm like, why is no why is yeah, nobody you know, even cracking? The floor? Even and, and aren't they saying out. things like, oh, well, what's it called? It's blow something. The, well, I mean, you got to blow the glass, right? But there's no, no, the show. No bite. The the show. I forget what the show is called. Um, I feel like but, blow anyway, was in the title of the show. It, it was. It was. Yeah, that that always cracked me up. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Tim also per, posted burnt offerings or fire based. Think Elijah versus uh, Baal. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think again that's there. part of our. I think that might actually be part of our like modern day again i version yeah aversion to it these are warped you know aversions but i think it's part of it is that we see that as you know there there was the ultimate sacrifice and whatever so and let's, let's not also like i'll fully admit that when i think about christianity and fire like in america the first image that comes is uh, a burning cross like so there are negative yeah. connotations for good reason for you sure. know of me that's a good one you know, yeah. anyway, but, and, if, uh, but and I if, don't think that I should say biblically and historically, that's not accurate. And I think churches should have big bonfires and roast marshmallows and talk about the benefits, but you know, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ogan, you had one last comment on fire. Well, I mean, if, if fire is the connotation of hell, right? Fire, brimstone, all that. 
why isn't heaven like winter ice. and ice? Yeah, why why isn't it the polar opposite? I've, I've always like, I totally have my Game of Thrones t-shirt on, and we're talking about fire and ice. I know. I love it. I, I noticed that. Oh, I think that's why we're talking about it. Um, well, so how high is your tolerance? Speaking of fire, no, I'm just kidding. How how high is your tolerance for making a mistake? Do you tend to play it safe, or are you a risk taker? If we learn from our mistakes, why are we often so afraid to make a mistake? Oh, yeah. Ogan is um, blurred out. He must be going for beer number Ogan's, two. Ogan's, my, um, my, my camera just, it doesn't like me moving around. So Brian, we have often made fun of you for being a perfectionist on right. this show. Yes. Um, I, in uh, uh You do it more when you're not here, just so you know. <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> sure. um, you know, we had an interesting conversation on one of our uh, music and cocktail nights. So there were quite a few drinks involved where, um, you know, like Derek kind of made me come to the, uh, like get me to the point where I had to admit that there are things that I am a perfectionist about. Yeah, I would not say I am a perfectionist, but I am certainly like there are areas you have a high standard of excellence i do have a high standard See? of excellence Bingo. you're welcome it's not perfectionism <laughs> it is a high standard of excellence well and done. it's for like myself that. it's not really it's it's yeah it's for other i people. have it of everyone else yeah you have it for everybody <laughs> i do have it for everybody in certain you know like i have it so if i have it for people in leadership right, you right. It's, con it's contextual it is yeah like it is. Um, but I, um, I have a very low tolerance for making a mistake when it involves another person and that, that I, and that, that creates a rift of some sort. Sure. Mm -hmm. That's where, I mean, I have like almost no tolerance for that. I want it fixed very quickly. And is and that, are you talking about yourself in that scenario or just in general, anyone who does a mistake, which involves another person? Um, I think those are where we need to be, we need to walk a, a balance of giving that person, another person time, the person who is maybe hurt or harmed in that situation, and also wanting to resolve it quickly so it doesn't go into years and years and then we can't even remember why we're, why we don't like each other, you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah. I, I don't know that this is necessarily talking about like forgiveness and reconciliation, but I I think I do genuinely tend to play it a little bit safer because I don't want to mess up. I want to be very intentional yeah. about what I do. This show is an exception. I just say whatever. <laughs> Alcohol can can help perfectionists uh, lower their guard, right? She's, she's not drinking, but she's not drinking. Yeah. Well, she's or not. or non-sweet tea can also. You know, or non-sweet tea, non-sweet. Lack non of sugar, lack of sugar. I don't. So so I say this with I say this as a, and I'm going to say this out loud and realize that as I'm saying it, there's going to be pushback. But I don't believe there are mistakes. I just believe to your point, there are opportunities for us to learn and you know back to the fire thing to refine because we we come up with plans and ideas of how we think things are going to work out and they never do right and we have we 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 jump into our strategies and our plans we make mistakes or you know other people make mistakes around the plans that we put in place and we call things wrong as opposed to realize oh wait maybe there's an opportunity here to 
look at the original plan. Yeah. So, so I've gotten myself into the habit of when things don't go right to, to ask myself, okay, where's the, where's the learning opportunity here for me? Even if, you know, one can point to an obvious misstep by another person, Bye. right? So a uh, great, great, In the, Brian in the chat put Arrested Development from Job. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it came to mind. That's my, I love that. I, I think I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so so here's a great example. This past weekend, um, I, I um, somebody posted on, maybe you've seen it, somebody posted on Twitter, someone I know, uh, you know, reasonably well. Right, yeah. Stop, stop showing the, stop showing the, 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 the police shooting these teenagers is traumatic and my response was in general i agree with you on principle around that and at the same time you know people of color who've been who've been oppressed and harassed and murdered for so many years we were we we are not generally seen and our stories are not believed so let's show these videos right so the, as like white people need to see these to realize that we not making this shit up. Right. And, and that goes all the way back to the civil rights movement where generally white America's mood did not shift until yep. they saw, you know, the videos of the dogs oh, yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. That. Right. So that happened. So I posted that somebody bless her heart. Some Karen floated into my feed and said, Aren't you being racist against us? Weren't you married to a wonderful white woman? Why basically would you post this? What? Right? So what so, does that have to do with anything? But again, so here's what this has to do with everything, as I noodled it through later. Cause when she posted it, right? <laughs> when, when she when she posted it, like right away, I got upset. Okay. Usually things like that happen on your behalf. Right. Usually (laughs) things like that happen. I take a beat. I take a breath and I respond from a center place. I did not that time. And I think it's because again, she invoked my dead wife and I just, yeah. And that should always be off the table. Exactly. Especially when you're like, you don't know me. Like you don't don't know me. So I think what it was about was, so i said so my response was i'm like what's her address i'm going to her no like so just to be clear you're basically saying because i was married to a person who was white i i have i have i have like released my right to talk about systemic racism like white adjacentness means that i like what are you what are you saying and then her response was you're a minister playing the racist card god doesn't see color oh i was like i was like wait oh boy so I have a headache. I love <laughs> exactly. I love how you said we. I made this post and Karen floated into my comments. I mean, I, that mean, was- <laughs> I wasn't aiming at nobody in particular, but this is this is what happened, right? So, yeah. so you know, me and another friend of mine who's also a minister of color, we we jumped in. We we yeah, we, sure. we you know all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Now it that happened. Now did she make a mistake, Ogan? By oh, doing that, she made a shit ton of mistakes. <laughs> you don't, but you don't believe yes. in mistakes. Did she make? No, no. I said I believe in learning opportunities. It's a learning opportunity for her. All right, and for myself as well, because in hindsight, I realized, you know what? In my response, I was, I was relative to how I usually respond to things like this. I was pretty aggressive and hostile, yeah. right? 
So yeah. my my learning opportunity here was, you know what? I should have just let that sit. Yeah. Maybe let some other people respond, take a beat, realize that I got triggered. And now I am coming from I am coming from a place of anger in my response. I yeah. know that feeling. So, exactly. Yeah. So 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 my <laughs> my learning moment was my learning moment was like, you've you've been here before. Take a breath. It was the first time somebody brought up, you know me being married to someone who's white, therefore I shouldn't speak of these things. And that's that's the first time that happened. So now I know when oh. this happens again, should yeah. it happen again? Right. Take a breath. Take a go walk around the lake a couple of times, give it a few hours and then respond from a from a centered place. So, so I'm going to yeah. jump to the next question, because I actually think this fits with that story pretty well, mm -hmm. actually, yeah. um, Ogan. So Jen Hatmaker has gone through many shifts in her life and faith, including um, a shift to affirming of LGBTQ relationships as holy. Through these changes, she was canceled by the evangelical publishing world that once embraced her. When the opportunity to republish a book of hers from 10 years ago arose, Hatmaker decided not to delete the problematic turns and paragraphs, including language that now reads to her as condescending. Instead, she uh, uh, appended. Thank you. I'm like appendixed them. <laughs> <laughs> appended them with brackets. Appended? Appended? Appended. Yeah, it's a word. It is a word, but I don't. It, uh, anyway, it seems she added awful. stuff. She added stuff in brackets. <laughs> Um, in bracketed notes on how she was wrong and what new data is available. Yeah. It can be tempting to erase things from our past that we may disagree with now. Discuss the power of this move by Hatmaker to her own history and show her growth. And the reason why I, I go to this next question through that conversation is because the best case scenario, right, in all of this would be that that although that caused you some pain, which is obvious and real, mm -hmm. the benefit would be that floating Karen now figures out, oh shit, that was maybe not the best thing to say. One, maybe I shouldn't evoke people's dead wives when I don't know people, number one. Bingo. Number two, I'm a white lady. I don't get to tell a black man about racism in America, Bingo. you know, and, 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 and third, said, and third, I feel, like there, I feel like there has a third, but you know, oh, there's, but there's so many other, <laughs> there's, so many. There's, there's, there's so many, there's, there's like, so many, three, just stop. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like just stop. Anyway, there's so many other three, four, five, all the way to 30, but that's the best case out of this interaction. And that's actually what we say, we would love for social media to be that, a place where we disagree, where there's actually a process of learning on both sides. That is so often not what it is. And we talk about low expectations, like my expectations are very low, you know, on that. But to then be able to go back at a later date, so those tweets are out there from her, but to be able to go back on a later date and to be able to say, you know what, I want somebody else's comment, right? Say she's commenting on somebody else a year later going, you know what, I used to make comments like this, but I have really yeah. 
you know, learned the mistake of that and et cetera, et cetera. Cause that's actually how we get through to people. Yes. You know? um, and that, and that was the genius of, of this reference you're making with Jen Hatmaker, who, as I said in the pre-show, admittedly, I didn't know about until I read this question. Cause I'm not, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's not, that's not my world. That's not what I read, but, um, yeah. but, but I think that's, I think there's a certain like maturity. There's a certain wisdom there's a certain leading by example in saying, you know what, I, I admit that I used to have these erroneous thoughts, these harmful thoughts, and I've grown up, I've matured, I've evolved, and I'm not embarrassed to tell you about it. Yeah, and, and I think I there's thought. a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of resistance to doing that because of the embarrassment, because now we feel ashamed. But that's that's how we invite others into transformation by sharing our own story. That's right. I really appreciate the um, the stuff that goes around about pronouns. That is, mm -hmm. it basically teaches you how to recover from a mistake. Right? There are these like you know, apologize or move on, or just correct yourself and move on. You know, don't don't kind of harp on this whole like oh, this is so hard for me. Like, so I was part of a class um, last week where the professor of the class, and I use that word loosely, by the way. But anyway, the professor of the class. <laughs> so two people were presenting. One was male, one was female. And they were presenting and they said, oh, we, we hadn't decided who was going to go first. Why don't you pick? And he goes, well, normally I would say ladies first, but I'm not allowed to say that anymore. And like, I just, it just came out of my mouth. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Feminism is such a disruption. <laughs> wow. Well done. And like, and he was like, oh my God. And like uh, uh, my friend Gray, who's been on the show before he jumped in and he was like, she's right. That was a pretty shitty comment. Like, you know, whatever. But anyway, it was just that kind of a thing. Yes. But, you know, it's that, it's that like, come on, don't be like that, you know? And and as if saying, I'm not allowed to say that anymore, like demonstrates some sort of like growth and evolution. Like exactly. if you've grown and evolved, you didn't say it in the first place, not tack that on by way of apology. <laughs> like, by the way, I am Jeez. the biggest feminist in the group. I'm the biggest, uh. most things in the group, but like, you know, I'm sitting there going, if you would have said ladies first, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. That's fine. Nobody gives a shit, you know, but like now you've made this huge deal out of it as if women's oh. revolution was something that was really cramping your style, you know, and by the way, well, white man, it should cramp your style. Yeah, like, I was going to say it probably was, you know, like, <laughs> but I think this, you know, I think if I, if you have the chance 10 years later to go back to not erase the mistakes. It's already out there. It's already published. You know, it's widely bought, you know, go out there and, and remake it. I, I think that's the right move. Yeah, I kind of like it. I, I like it uh, because I think it could be tempting to just say, well, that was me 10 years ago and I don't want to really acknowledge it. Or, you know, I'm embarrassed if someone mentions, oh, you wrote that book that now kind of feels a little cringy or inappropriate or, or worse. And for her to say, uh, well, I'm going to own it and not even just change the things I didn't like, but leave them in and point out how I was wrong or what I've learned, how my evolution, like there's just a transparency that to me feels refreshing 
and and good. And part of it is there's a bunch of other people thinking those same original thoughts still to this day. So, yeah, so in doing that, explain. right. So in doing that, she's basically saying she's basically calling out, or as I like to say now, calling in those people yeah. who still think those thoughts. Here's right. why these thoughts are not okay. I think that's right. And that's huge and powerful. And as a complete aside, wouldn't it be fun if we could all have names uh, like hat maker or car driver or fire maker? Like, come on. Well, I got holder. I mean, well, that's true. You see, you've something. got something. And, and I don't Weston know, is, profession, you know, but... it feels, okay, I don't know. I can't remember. Writing the, I, I grabbed a book today by James McBride. And I was oh. like, oh, a lot of names came from like things that like you did, like blacksmith or whatever, like mm -hmm. Smith, you know. And I was like, so was this a family of brides? Like, what ha what yeah. was going on here? Like Mc McBride. That that almost reminds me of like a, a drive-through Happy Meal, uh, yeah. something. Yeah. Um, no, but I I you know there have been theological um, takes on sermons. You know we we preach yeah. lectionary a lot. So yeah. the same text will come up over and over again. And in the last 16 years, you know, I have, I have shifted my thinking about some texts, right? Because whether it's life, whether it's a new learning, you know, something. And so there are sermons out there, whether they're recorded or written or whatever, yeah. that I now disagree with. And, and I don't disagree with where I was at the time. Um, it, it wasn't necessarily something this monumental and it's not a published book, but I do stand in the pulpit now and say, you know, last time you heard me preach on this, I, I disagree actually with my stance at that point. And because we, we, we grow, we, we yeah. evolve in our under understanding. We, I think uh, uh, we, I, I shared this with someone today. We have to remember that it, it's the invitation is for us to grow into God, not keep trying to, stuff God into us right, right. and and yeah. part of this has to be admitted when we were wrong about a belief around something um in 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 my world unity new thought there's a lot of energy around like prosperity and abundance you know yeah. and it's not as it's not as toxic as the like traditional prosperity gospel but it's it's kind of up there and 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 I'm working on a, a new course a new workshop I'm writing an um, a new book around this and I have said that um, one of the things that we need to strike from, from the lexicon is the word manifest, right? There's all this energy around. We got to manifest this and the lifestyle and so on. And I'm just like, no, the, the word manifest brings with it an energy of self-centeredness and greed and obsession. And it's not about that. It's about, it's about allowing ourselves to be in the flow because we, we, you know, and social media has not helped with this because on Instagram, I see a lot of, you know, spiritual slash manifest influencers mm. who are taking, you know, shots in these, uh, you know, in the private jets and, and, and in these resorts and talking about right. their six figures as manifestors. And I'm just like, but you're what you're telling people is in order to be a, a person who manifests a successful life it has to look like this and it doesn't mm -hmm. this is not this is this is not the def this is not the only definition of happiness let's and and if i can't get that does that mean i have failed no right so so we we i, I think we need to get rid of that word and 
five, four, five, six years ago, you would have heard me spouting that word right. religiously, no pun intended, about manifesting whatever in our life. So right. we all grow, we all evolve. We have to admit when we've done it as well and it, and it be okay. And we have to make space for it, right? Because yes. here's the other thing. You know, we talk about cancel culture when somebody says something and we go back in their timelines to find when they said the opposite and go, you have no credibility because you you, you said this before. Right. So we can't. So you have no credibility to say what you're saying now. That That's dangerous. And, and that's yeah. not that's not healthy. We have to give space for people to evolve and show that they've evolved and and if they don't demonstrate that, then we That's call them out. Right? Whether right. like if you did something in college or whatever, and now you're trying to be a politician and it's 30 years later and you sit there and go, that was totally wrong. But at the time, I just honestly didn't know it. You know, it was just cult like culturally, it wasn't being called out and whatever. Right. Now I know better. I would never do that now. There's yeah. the people that like double down on it. Right. And yeah. like, well, it's not a big deal or whatever. Like just apologize. Like just, yeah. like, I didn't know. And in our politics, like we, we should want people who've grown and evolved and instead we make it a liability. It's like, Hey, if I've been in Congress for 12 years and when I came in, I was ignorant about things because of my, you know, white male privileged perspective. And now I've read, grown, learned, spoken with constituents. And now I support this kind of policy instead. Like we shouldn't rake them over the coals. We ought to celebrate that and ask for more of it. That that being said, I still wasn't happy voting for Joe Biden, but I'm glad that I did. Well, no, but- <laughs> Let's go put that out there. <laughs> well, one of the things, you know, even as we're talking, I'm Noted. sitting thinking of like how many books that have I read that are like leadership books or even like corporate books or whatever that are second, third, fourth, fifth editions mm -hmm. because they've, they're like, that's no longer applicable yep. yes. to our world, you know? Yeah. And why exactly. are we so afraid to do that in a theological setting to say, you know, listen, that's not where we are anymore. You know, let how humanity learns, evolves and grows. Exactly. Well, exactly. part part of it is that that implies that how we see God is different. Right. And and, you know, there there are so many times, you know, denominations, religions, movements, they make these declarative statements about God. And therefore, yeah. here's here's what this means. And now now we got to we got to change that, which means we're we're seeing God differently. And that's that's troubling for a lot of folks but even if you believe that god is not changing we do believe people are changing so the operative word there is we're yeah. seeing god yeah. differently yeah. yeah now i you know i i happen to be a person who does believe god changes but like over the span of time things have changed you know scripture backs me up on that by the way but like you know <laughs> i'm not saying just because my perspective has changed doesn't mean gods have but i'm saying right. why would anybody condemn a person of faith for changing their perspective because yeah. life happened or growth happened or relationship happened or whatever like yeah and isn't it i think there's an apocryphal quote to thomas merton that if your faith looks the same as it did 15 years ago your faith not might might not be alive you know you might have a dead faith yeah exactly. yeah um one of the speaking of uh you know calling out the people who may not who made mistakes or so uh 
I don't know if you read this, uh, the book publisher, Simon and Schuster, when uh, George Floyd was killed, they were like big on like, we support Black Lives Matter. We stand uh, in solidarity with the Black community, all that sort of stuff. They just gave a sweet book deal to one of the police officers who was involved in the murder of Breonna Taylor. Oh, And I'm just like, mm, that does not square mm. at, at all, at all. So we got to we got to say to them, listen, this, you know, and maybe in their minds, they're just like, well, you know, technically. This person has not been, you know, arrested, has not been charged with the crime. So technically, this person is innocent. So therefore, but at the same point in time, that does not, you know, not sit well. Well, it doesn't seem consistent with with this idea, because you know clearly that the her death was another example of uh police brutality police overstretching the way they attempted to cover up their mistakes after the fact right right? and and to give one of those police officers a publishing deal is basically saying we are standing in alignment with you and you can't stand in alignment with them and with the black lives matter movement at the same time nope. you know it's 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 yeah so that's problematic to say the least so simon oh, and schuster get yourself together so i stand by mistakes were made bogan and mistakes exist yep <laughs> and they're learning opportunities <laughs> and they're trust, learning opportunities. trust me simon and schuster will learn from this well done <laughs> well done excellent Thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to extended interviews with special guests. Listen to pre- and post-show banter. You know, it's kind of like uh, leaving a tip for the bartender. We've got different levels that you can jump in. It could be just a few dollars a month, and it helps us keep this train moving. Visit patreon.com slash PT Live to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. You can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to watch us live, you can do that on Facebook around 4.15 Eastern Time. And if you'd like to host uh, or join into a conversation group in your town, check out the directory at pubtheology.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. I support, I also support show title, uh, Karen, Karen floated in, or even, even a little bit longer. Then this Karen floated in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that might be right. That might that be might right. Be oh my god, seriously, though, that that was like, I'm sorry that that happened. That, that, that I mean, that, that, just that made me feel so sick. over the line. That made I, me feel I'm sick. like, honestly, there's a piece of me that's still in shock. I was just, I didn't, I there's a piece of me that was like, you know, when when something happens and it's so shocking that like your brain shuts down for half a second. Right. That was my response when she posted that. Like yeah. I literally was like, 
what is happening right now? 